1: She's winning this fight. It seems pretty clear that she's winning this fight.
2: I have climbed mountains to get back here. And for everybody who's chasing a dream and you have people telling you you can't do it, stay believing because that's exactly what I did.
3: Raquel! Raquel! Raquel!
1: Power there from Drew Dober,
4: and that's why I'm the number one lightweight knockout artist in the world right now. So we brought back the setup. I'm smooth, I'm natural, and I'm
3: having fun out here. Drew
4: Dober,
3: welcome
5: to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier.
3: I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous
5: <laughs> Listen to me, we're out of here. welcome to UFC unfiltered i am very my back hurts my knee hurts i don't know what's happening to me maybe it's from from uh jiu jitsu or muay thai i don't know but i'm very very sore everywhere
3: hey welcome to UFC unfiltered let's just start the show bitching that's
5: right. No, no. Letting everybody know
3: Please.
5: that, like, um, like most champions, I take my bumps. That's what I wanted people to know.
3: Yeah. Well, listen, man. I, I think we have what we have in common is we, uh, we were both on the match today. I took the right. overs into and into open guard tripod sweeps, into smash passes, into arm locks.
5: Did you, you know? get annoyed? Did you get annoyed when you lost and the guy told you that you'd get the eye of the tiger back?
3: It was <laughs> the second he said it. I, I paused. I paused. And with a Southern accent, he goes, I'm sorry. He <laughs> knew. He you knew. knew. But God, I bring that up often. Whenever I, You know what I mean? It's so stupid to
5: say that. It makes me laugh.
3: You, you know, because I, I, that means I at that point I lost. Not only did I lose a fight, but I lost the eye of the tiger.
5: Yeah, yeah. Hey, You'll get the eye of the, the, eye tiger, eye of the tiger back, tiger. yeah.
3: Speaking of the eye of the tiger, sorry.
5: I have it, Matt. Is that what you were going to say?
3: No, but we have oh. somebody in the waiting room that has it and had it. And is oh, yes, she did. The world.
5: Are you talking about the new bantamweight champion?
3: Yes, Raquel Pennington. Let's, Let's bring her in. Let's bring her in. We got, we got this show down to a pat the way we got this down. You, we do, yeah. Thank you. Hi, Jimmy. Jimmy, Hi. I, I taught a couple classes today. That was fun. You know? There's Raquel.
4: Hello, hey. Raquel.
3: What's up, champion? How are you? Hmm. How does that feel to be called champion after all this time? Like, doesn't it feel great? I mean, it has to feel great.
2: It does. It's, uh, you know, I mean, it just kind of brings together all that freaking hard work, and now it's recognized.
5: <laughs> was, there a, was there a time where you thought, like, I might not get another shot? Like, were there moments where you thought, like, after <laughs> – especially Amanda and then Jermaine, something turned around for you, and I don't know what what it was, but there was one point where you had dropped three out of four and then it's six straight. I mean, did you do something different or did you have a moment or what happened?
2: Um, I figured it would be, you know, I figured another time would come around. You never know how long it's gonna take. Um, So for me, it was just kind of focusing on, I've said it in a million interviews and it was just about having fun. I had to learn how to go back and actually have fun. You know, you can go in and you can do all the workouts. You could take all the vitamins. You could eat all the food. But if your head and your heart ain't right, like, it doesn't matter. Sorry, guys. Let's bring your kid to um, work day today. (laughs) (laughs) She's just back
3: in the gym. And so I'm on mama duties. No, that's fine. um, That's cute. How old is your daughter, by the way, now? She's going to be eight months on February 1st. Well, that's nice. Because like around the six-month mark or a little bit earlier, you get that They start to get their personality now. You notice that, right? Oh, yeah. She's so
2: much fun. She's just like, she's like in this, we've been cracking up the past couple days because she talks like a little minion. Uh And then like, she'll like, she's just doing all these gestures. She learned how to say bye and hi, but like her wave is like this. So we're like.
5: Oh, very royal family. Very queen. That's nice.
2: Exactly. Yeah. it's cute.
3: Yeah. That's so much fun. And uh, watching the
5: uh, fight, what was your corner telling you? Were you did they want you to get off when you were pressing her up against the cage? I, I was watching that because you were striking so well. Like, I was like, oh, I was loving watching you strike, and then you you grabbed her. I'm like, just fucking let her go. I just, I was panicking for you. Um, and you certainly weren't panicking, but I was watching it. What <laughs> were they telling you?
2: I actually was panicking the morning of the fight. Like, I don't know if you can still hear it, but I'm actually pretty congested. I woke up um, super sick that morning. Uh, I kind of questioned everything so I had a great like fight week things were going all right you know well going well Um, when we first started to travel to Canada um, I started getting a little sick and I was like okay so I called UFC um, asked them like what I can take and stuff to kind of get things under control and then I think from just going through the weight cut and breaking down my body I woke up so sick. And, um, the morning Mm. of the fight, I was actually on the treadmill sprinting. I felt like I had razor blades in the back of my throat. So I was really nervous to go into a five round fight. Um, and you know, I'm prepared, I'm conditioned, but then having a cold on top of that, not really able to breathe so much pressure in my, uh, sinuses already. And then waking up and having a headache, like to think of going into a fight with a headache, like really freaked me out. Um, and so Uh, it was, it was an interesting day to say the least. And then when we got in there, um, you know, my coaches, they were yelling at me to obviously let my hands go and just trust in my striking and to finish the fight. Um, but I just kept like, that was my frustration, but that's the cool thing about fighting, right? Like I went out there, I got the job done and I'm super proud of myself in that aspect. I had to overcome some mountains. Um, but then, you know, the next fight, go out there and just let your freaking hands go. I know I have great hands.
5: Were you feeling a little weaker or more tired, you think, because of the cold? Were you holding on or was it? were you feeling it in the cage?
2: Yeah, I felt a little like uh, my muscles felt really fatigued. Um, I felt like, you know how like when you're just starting to get sick and you have like those body aches and everything going on? Yeah. Like I told my coaches, I was like, this is going to hurt. Like I already felt like yeah. I had the yeah. body aches and stuff going on and then I'm getting ready to go get into a fight. And I don't know how many times I told them, I was like, this is going to hurt.
3: Y- you know what's. You know what's hysterical about that? Like whenever you're tired, and this is the truest thing I think, Raquel. You could uh, first of all, super cute, Raquel, super cute. adorable. Uh, if She's my so wife sees my ridiculous. wife sees her, oh hi, hi. She
5: does not look happy to see us. She's like, "Who are these two monsters?" <laughs> the
3: babies love me. They think I'm a big baby because of my bald head. <laughs> okay, Raquel, uh, you could probably attest to this. When you're tired, you know everybody gets tired, but when you're tired <laughs> and you see uh, a training partner, or in this case, the, your opponent, Silva. Having I don't know if they could I don't know how you translate this in the Portuguese. Poker face. She's got to learn to get one because at the end of the third round, she looked defeated, sitting. I counted the two Mississippi before she got up, staring at the space. Did not look. Did not. And then tried to psych herself back up on the stool by yelling. It was amateur hour in that sense. And I respect her. I think she's a, a great fighter. Yeah. Did that give you a, extra, like, in other words, if you're tired, you see that Also, no look, I got more in the tank because I know she's done. Does that make sense?
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I, uh, you know, I definitely seen it. I actually didn't even pay attention to the part where she was screaming. Everybody told me about it afterwards. And I was like, did she really? And they're like, yeah. But, you know, I seen it in her eyes, um, there was a point in the second round and like that's the frustrating part from what I did in my performance as far as like I seen it in the second round where um I hit her pretty hard and I can see it in her eyes and she just kind of turned to the side and like at that point I should have kept striking but then I like fell into like the whole clench game and stuff um there was just different moments that like yeah I kept seeing it and it was just like all right like I'm just gonna for me, it was making sure I was in the dominant position at all times, just staying above. Like, even though I felt the way that I felt, like I had to keep grinding, like she wasn't going to win the fight. She wasn't going to take it from me, stay away from like the submissions and everything. And then there was one point, um, I don't know if it was going into the third or fourth round. I want to say it was going into the third. We clenched up. I couldn't even hold her. And they're like, Oh yeah, she dumped a bottle of water on her. But it actually made for some really when I punched her and you just see all the, (laughs) everything spray everywhere. I mean, that made it cool. But I was like, dang, like I couldn't even hold her. And when she was moving, it sounded like when you're like squishing in wet shoes and clothes, it was wild.
5: So when you, when you're, your congestion is such an awful thing when you can't breathe out of your nose and I live with it. Uh, I got a great suggestion from, uh, from actually from Amanda Nunez suggested the Navage. Have you ever used that, 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 uh, weird thing it's like you put in distilled water and it kind of goes through your nose
2: i've never used that i uh
5: it's life-changing try it it's really good
2: yeah i should try it because yeah i have a lot of congestion going on right now um yeah i've been on some prescription medicine now that i got home and stuff trying to just kind of clear up everything i have an ear infection and everything but yeah in canada it was just like all right like we got on the treadmill and my coaches are like sprinted out. So I'm trying to like sprint and I'm spitting up all this stuff and coughing up everything. And it's like, okay. And then, um, I kept grabbing, uh, the baby's Vicks rub and just like trying to smell it. And so there was little things that I was like trying to do to feel better, but I was just, I just said a whole lot of prayers and I was like, all right, it's in the mind. Like we got to change the mind and I could do anything that my mind says. So
5: how was your breathing when you when you were like walked into the cage? Were you a little clearer?
2: I was a little clearer. The adrenaline and stuff was going, so my yeah. mind wasn't really focused on that. Um, it was just I I really felt it more so throughout my body, like just a lot of muscle fatigue. I didn't feel like my natural strength that I normally have. Um, you know, I'm throwing punches, and I felt like my shoulders were getting extremely tired really fast. Um, so that was more of the fact that was really bothering me.
3: All right. Well, listen, Jimmy, can, if you bring up nostrils, Jimmy can stay on that for 45 minutes. We could okay? talk about that for two in. hours. Jimmy, Jimmy's <laughs> stuffy head. I got to get off that.
5: Let's I see. love nose talk, Raquel. I love <laughs> it. Yeah,
3: yeah, you opened up a can of worms with that shit. But listen, uh, hey, Juliana Pena, she gets a lot of hate. A lot of people get annoyed with Juliana. She opens her mouth to people just like, ah, and I, I, you know, I don't dislike her, but she's she's um, what was she yelling? We have something in the notes. I think she's, uh, you know, yelling for a a fight with you. What do you, what do you think of Juliana as an opponent?
2: Um, you know, she's tough. Juliana's tough. She's a gamer. Um, she's going to go out there and put everything she has into it. Uh, I do believe I honestly thought she was going to be the fight when it came to the world title. And then she's been battling her injury or whatever's going on with her. So then they called and they're like, Hey, it's going to be mayor Buena Silva, which is perfectly fine. Um, And so, you know, I expect that as my next fight, Juliana, I don't know. I, Juliana is an interesting character. I didn't know anything of Juliana. Um, and when I went into the ultimate fighter, you know, you have this girl and we're all locked in a house. And honestly, I felt bad for her. The guys and other girls were like bullying her. And it was just like, I wasn't raised that way. So, you know, I try, I'm like, okay, we're on the same team. And on top of that, we're roommates. Like, I try to befriend Juliana. And real quick, I learned that our personalities are just very different. And so it was like, you know, you stick to your side, I'll stick to mine, like stay away from me. And now all these years, like, she's just being typical Juliana. And she's, she's, she's out there trying to play this part, you know, ever you know, when you first started fighting, like MMA wasn't all this, it feels like WWE, like everybody's got to talk crap to each other. It's got to get all intense. People are attacking each other's families, like, it's just nonsense now, you know. Before it was like having mutual respect for your opponent, um, you know, and then you would hype yourself up or however that was. And now yeah. it's like let's belittle everybody and talk down to everybody and talk crap about uh, everybody. And I feel like that's just I don't know. Juliana's trying to play this part that like she's honestly annoying doing it, and
5: it does sell tickets too. And that's the I'm sure the frustrating part. I I think it was colby i don't know now he may have exaggerated the numbers but after he said that awful shit to leon edwards pay-per-view buys went up i mean it's a natural thing people want something invested i'm not saying it's right but i mean it's it's a hard thing it's like what do you do if you don't do it then you might not get the fights because the ticket it's it's got to be put a fighter like yourself in a tough position who that's not your nature to do that it's not what you enjoy doing
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, that's the way that things have definitely turned. And that's where the entertainment's at. And, you know, the world loves seeing that. They want to see the hype behind it all. But the same way that I told Buena Silva at the press conference, you know, at the end of the day, our fists are going to do the talking. So I personally am not the type of person to go out there and just run my mouth and do everything because a fight's a fight. And then, you know, you have these athletes who they run their mouth and then they spend the next year of their life having to make up for what they said. And that's just wasted energy. I don't have time to waste my energy like that. Um, yeah, I, but
5: I think it's more to get the casual fans to buy too. Like people who are kind of on the fence don't really know much about the fight. Like you don't need to 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 do things to get people who really watch fighting to buy that fight. You know, but it's people who are like on the fence who might, they might know Connor and Ronda, but they're not a huge. And then all of these people hate each other. I'll buy that fight. That seems like an interesting thing I can invest in.
2: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that.
5: And you've uh, who do you fight after? I mean, you you want to look past Juliana Pena, but I mean Silva Vieira, Aldana, uh, uh, Kianzad. Like you, you, you've gone through. I think, uh, with the exception of Holly, you've beaten everyone in the top uh, six except for uh, Juliana. So I know you don't want to look past her, but uh, is there anybody if things go and that that you would be interested in a, a rematch with, even though you already beat them?
4: Yeah,
2: you know, everybody's constantly evolving. They're constantly growing. Uh, Everybody brings a different challenge to the table. And so I personally, I thrive on that. I love that. I love to challenge myself. And so I'm not, you know, I'm not opposed to any fight. Like I'm down for whatever comes my direction. Um, But like you said, first and foremost, my focus is on the next fight, which is most likely Juliana. Um, And then we'll see what that looks like from there.
3: And what's your thoughts on, on Kayla Harrison signing with the UFC? You did, and you think she could cut to one thirty-five? How big? How what does she fight at?
2: Oh uh, that's a conversation. I, I I don't know. I I mean, she's what got some it? math. huh?
3: I was going to ask, do we know what weight she fights at? What does she fight at? I think one fifty-five. One fifty-five, yeah. That's not, all right. Well, shit. And to
2: cut, I don't know. My that was my number one question when I seen the um the fight announced. It was like you know how is she going to make the weight? But I mean, it's doable. So we shall see. Um, you know, I was curious if they were actually ever going to sign her. Um, and so to see that happen, I mean, good for her. And I mean, it's going to bring a lot of attention, especially for UFC. And that's what they love. Um, I feel like it's kind of, I feel like Kayla's kind of in the position that Buenos Silva was in, you know, you guys, sat here and just listed my resume i fought in the top of the top and the best in the world um and Buenosilva, silva like she didn't face anybody yet her true challenge was holly home and like for me i don't feel like holly has that it anymore and she's been kind of on her way out but i do feel like with this fight with kayla like if holly is to be that holly that came into the ufc and she strikes she will win this fight Um, i feel like it's definitely going to be a challenge for kayla but then at the same time you have Kayla who's young and she's hungry and she has a new opportunity in front of her. So, I mean, I think it just goes back to me like a fight to fight, but it goes back to me on, I want to see how she's going to make this weight.
5: Yeah. It's 145. Seems like a much to fight featherweight, but there's just nobody there. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. Going, going up for some fighters, maybe uh, that want to go up 10 uh, might be possible. Uh, but yeah, that, that division just never really took off. It is just not enough. Uh, I think it's the division
2: that they just, honest they had for Cyborg, you know? Yeah. And then once Cyborg left, it was just kind of like Amanda went up. She won the championship there. And so they had it for the champ champ. But other than that, like, there's nobody there.
5: Right. It's there if they need it. Like, if, if there's uh, uh, somebody like this comes in, and then there's a couple of women that say, I want to go up and fight, then you can possibly do that. And it is another championship fight. Yeah. Uh, did you, what does it feel like? Like, when you become champion, like, does it change anything and in, in how, in how, how you feel, but like, what is it like the next morning or when does it hit you that you've actually done it?
2: Honestly, it's been surreal. Like it's been 14 years of hard work, like the UFC belt to go out there and become the world champion. Like that's the ultimate goal. I remember when I first started back in 2010, I said I was going to be one of the first women to ever sign to the UFC and people literally laughed in my face because it was not an opportunity back then. And then when it became a thing, you know, and I was one of the first 10 women to ever sign with the UFC. And then now it was like the next goal, I'm going to be a world champion. Again, people laughed and here I am, I'm a world champion. And so to just constantly see my career and the things that I've achieved and what I've overcome, like it's been a lot. And, you know, I mean, it's still a surreal feeling. I think it started to hit me a little more when I actually came home and when I got off the plane and was coming out of the terminal, there was tons of people, family, friends, friends, fans, like the news, all kinds of people. And just to see the little kids. Like the little kids are what really make a difference for me to see their excitement and like just how inspired they were. Like it actually started to kick in my emotions a little bit. But then of course like coming home and I've just been yesterday was the first day I actually got out and tried to go like do something. And it was probably a bad idea being out in the mountains in the snow, being sick. But you know, I've I've just been home and not feeling well. So it's still like settling into me. I was talking to Dana yesterday a little bit and it's just like, man, like the emotions keep hitting, but I'm definitely processing it a little bit slower and just like, it's really, it's still surreal to me.
5: even, And you're very tough. I mean, even in the, uh, the fight with Amanda, I mean, the thing that people say is you're just, extremely difficult to put away, extremely difficult to stop. Uh, and that, that, that toughness or that whatever it is that gets you through those moments where you just don't stop is probably what enabled you to walk into the cage, feeling like you felt uh, and, 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 and still win the belt.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, it's funny. Cause my dad and I, we speak all the time and we're just like, he's like, I don't know where you got it from, but you have like a <laughs> granite chin. You're just super tough. Like, I don't know where it came from either cuz I didn't grow up just like fighting and being all crazy. Um so I don't know, it's just something that is in my DNA and I was born with and I found out 14 years ago when I went into first attempt this that I was naturally good at it and you know, I mean, I think a lot of it too comes in your mind, like strong mind, strong body. Um and so, you know, now that I've kind of just made up my mind and started having fun with things again, like 6 fight win streak just out there doing the things. But what's really cool for me is, you know, each and every fight is a little bit different or, um, you know, my coaches are like, you have this huge toolbox, like you have got to start using it. You need to do things. Dana, since the ultimate fighter has been on my case and has yelled at me. And he's even the night after the fight, he was just like, you know, let your hands go. And you're going to be amazed at what happens. Um, and so that's the cool part is like, you know, people can look at my fights and they can say different things. Athletes can look at my fights and try to figure out different things, but I feel like I'm constantly adapting or I have a little bit more that I can go in there and just reach for. So now my, my goal as an athlete is just to bring out my maximum potential and fully focus on that. Um, cause I still have yet to do that.
5: You feel like you still have some more, like, like you're not at your peak yet. You feel like there's a little bit more to doing until you get to your peak.
2: Absolutely. I need to bring the girl from the gym into the octagon and that's going to be 100% game changer.
5: That's interesting. I've, I've heard guys and, and women say that before bringing the the gym into the octagon. What is it that you think happens from, I mean, obviously the level of competition is very high, but what is it? Is it, is it something that you hold yourself back or is it uh, nerves or your, your mentality? What do you think it is?
2: Uh, competition for one plays a part, but for me, I'm honestly like, fighting, being on the ultimate fighter really drug it out of me, but I'm actually really shy. Um, you know, having the cameras in my face all the time and living this life that we live and being on this platform with UFC, uh, it pulled out a different side of me, but I'll tell you what, for weigh-ins, for press conference, getting ready to walk out into the big crowd. I love fighting all day. I can go out there and fight all day, but going out doing that, like, I don't know, I'm stage fright. And so it kicks in a different level of nerves that I have to learn how to navigate and work through. And, you know, I conquer it each and every time, but I feel like it holds back my
3: performance. Isn't it funny how, because, you know, I know what it's like to fight in there. And sometimes you feel more comfortable fighting in a cage in front of thousands and millions watching over, you know, online. And then you feel more comfortable being that center of attention than you do in a room of like 20 people or 30, right? And and like, just make it. It's, is that strange? I, cause I understand how that is. It's
2: yeah. It's like the weirdest thing. Um, you know, like, I mean, I have days that I like to be an extrovert and I can go out there and be the life of the party. And then other times I'm like, I'm this introvert. I want to hang out. I want to be super quiet. I want to be to myself. Uh, but growing up, like, you know, I used to hide behind my mom's leg and she's like, go talk to them. My brother was polar opposite. Like he's running everywhere and doing things. And then I've always been a team player. I grew up on team sports. And even then, you know, I'm out there on the basketball court or on the softball field and where there's multiple of us out there, but it was just like, I was still nervous because I felt like everybody's just kind of like staring at me and I just would get shy. And then somehow going into fighting, I have no idea, but I think because I love the challenges and, you know, growth is uncomfortable and I constantly love to like, I'm ambitious. I love to grow and I like to be in the uncomfortable, which is really weird. Cause I'm just like, I tell my dad every time. I'm like, I don't know why I do this to myself. It's so stressful. But at the same time, I feel like myself constantly progressing and growing and achieving different things. And then, you know, that, that achievement feeling is something that's like rewarding and addicting. And then the adrenaline, there's so much emotion that goes behind it. Right. And so I think all of that kind of plays a part, but, yeah, I don't know. When they're getting ready to announce us for weigh-ins, I'm like, I don't want to go up on that stage. Like, I'm freaking out. And all I'm doing is going up there and getting on a scale. And, like, we flex, we face off. Like, it's really not a big deal, but, like, somehow it's a big
3: deal. It stresses me out. It's so funny because there's more at stake, obviously, when you're, there's you know, when you're fighting. There's way more at stake. But yet, yeah. you looked very comfortable. And I don't know if Silva's the life of a party, but she looked incredibly uncomfortable around. And you looked as that party, as that party in the cage went on, you looked more and more comfortable. I'm the same way. I could be quiet or sometimes Jimmy likes to call me a chatty Maddie. And I go, Jimmy, don't say that. I I know I say (laughs) it often. People don't like what I say. Call me a chatty Maddie. Yeah, I don't know.
2: It's, uh, it's interesting. Like I, I will tell you what, though, I felt like, you know, she was sitting here, she was saying a bunch of stuff. And like, I have respect for Silva. I have respect for all athletes out there, you know, going out there, being a warrior and stepping into that cage. Like it takes something special. It's something different. And so whether, you know, I like your personality or not, like I have respect for every athlete that's in this sport and trying to give it their best. Um, but, you know, I felt like she was like playing this part and she was saying all these things and she was just yapping all fight week and running her mouth. And then, uh, it was weird. Cause this fight, like I felt the way I felt. And like, I don't know if like my adrenaline or what was going on just felt a little bit lower, but I took in the crowd. I took in the arena more than I ever have. I can tell you like details that like, I've never been able to tell before a fight. And like, it was just, I remember being in the octagon and I looked at my coaches and I was like, man, my body hurts. This is going to hurt. I said, I don't know where my adrenaline's at right now. That's not going to feel good when I first get hit. And they're like, listen, you need to flip that switch. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, she's trying to stare into my soul. And then when they called us to the center, like, oh, I seen something different in her eyes. And then when they started clearing out that octagon, I was like, oh, I got your number. Like, I just seen it written across her face. But I did. I felt so comfortable. But then at the same time, still like uncomfortable. But it was, it was almost, I don't know, that's the most comfortable I've actually been in the octagon. But then my mind, like, had its own emotions going from how I actually physically
5: felt. Well, you fought fighting. the best of the best. I mean, you've been you've been there before. You fought a man. You fought a uh, 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 Jermaine. You fought Holly. Like you fought so many fucking good fighters uh, that you've seen every level of pressure. You've been through the whole press run before. You've you've done all this stuff before. So for you, you you know a little bit more about the the way the feelings are going to be. And for her, it was probably all a little overwhelming.
3: And can I and Raquel with the fight IQ? That's a perfect example of you weathering some storms bad positions and yet when you did weather it it's not like your energy bar took a nasty hit with oh my god i survived that but i'm i'm worse to wear no you weren't worse to wear it's like you've been there before what i don't recommend for some people and in this case with Silva, is jumping up on people's backs when they're like listen there's different types of body types aljamain sterling he jumps on your back he puts a body triangle He'll, you know what? The whole round stay up there. He's probably no worse to wear with his legs. You know, Chris wyman when he jumped on Luke Rockhold's back, not a good. It wasn't. He never even did that before in sparring. He was a little odd. And it's not a great thing. And just, same thing with silver. I think that did not help her case with as far as her endurance goes with a five round fight. You know, she really put everything on getting you out of there by jumping on your back. Yeah. You know, I feel
2: like when it kind of came to everything, she was putting everything she had behind it. And to a certain degree, it's important to like, you're saying balance some of that. And so she spent a lot of time up there and it was just like, all right, like, I mean, you're carrying your body weight and I'm just hanging out. Right. And so I feel like that did take a wear and tear on her and not to mention, I mean, I don't think it was really in her benefit either. I mean, she's had, she's on a four fight win streak and her other fights didn't go past what the second round, like, she's she hasn't had the experience going in there um for me you know it benefited me just I trained high altitude I've lived high altitude my entire life and then you know I focus a lot on recovery and hyperbaric chamber and different things um and that's one thing that the coaches always say like everybody's always been like you're a slow starter at the beginning but then it looks like by the time the third round comes you can fight plenty more rounds so then going into a fifth round it was like it wasn't a big deal for me. And so, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think she should have definitely reserved some of that energy because she was squeezing, she was squeezing with her arms. She's trying to fight my hands. She has herself, she's holding herself up. Like that's a lot. And you know, people constantly criticize and they're like, Oh, fights up against the fence or the different things. Like they're really annoying, but I don't think people who realize how tough that actually is and how draining it actually is, whether you're the one up against the fence, whether you're the one putting the pressure up against the fence, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of energy used. Right.
5: Yeah, it's um, I was going to ask you something else, too. And I, you just said something that made me think of it. And my mind just went. It's, <laughs> I had a thought and it just evaporated.
3: <laughs> that's been me all week. It's yeah, it, it's really that's me, uh, all my, that's me all my life. I got it. <laughs> I mean, we got Drew Dober in the in the waiting room. Oh, is he us.
5: here? Okay. We
3: appreciate uh, you so much. And yes. He is beautiful. Congratulations. Great dude. fight. Everything inside and outside of the octagon, you champion. Thank you. And uh, we'll, we'll talk. It. Oh, you it's adorable. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doesn't get better than it. that. Nope. That's, That's what it's
2: all about right there.
3: All right, well,
5: champ. Look forward to your next fight, Raquel. Congratulations. I mean, Thanks, you looked guys. unbelievable, and uh, we're, we're glad you did it. We'll talk to you soon. Thank
2: you. It was good talking to you guys. All right, take, take care. care.
0: Champ. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble.
5: She's hey, very man. easy to talk to raquel she's a very very pleasant interview as is as is our next guest by the way yeah. to some fighters are a little shy more reserved um drew dober uh always a fun guy to chat with
3: don't embarrass me by calling me a chatty man I, I i try, trust me i
5: was trying to turn my my computer i just couldn't do it
3: <laughs> she didn't realize
5: no you- i know she probably thinks wow that norton's an asshole." For calling I know. matt that and she's Dude, right look
3: at this fucking guy the new when is your next album coming out what boy band are you in drew dober what up guys sorry i just got the audio
4: clipped in so now i can hear you
5: hey drew matt was just commenting that you look like you're on an album cover he was commenting that you look very uh very put together
3: listen i'm far from jimmy but i'm telling you right now you're a good looking man sorry jimmy
5: wait a second i i, I think that i'm being used as the ugly barometer in this conversation <laughs>
3: you look great drew get that out get that out of the thing there
4: fucking producer i i do what i can you know especially when i'm on your guys's uh show i mean you
3: gotta get a step it up a notch yeah drew
5: we appreciate that
3: how you feeling drew man listen you bounce back nice mm-hmm. fight man you have a hard time in the octagon man you get right back on the fucking wagon yeah, I mean
4: it's 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 not a sprint; it's a marathon. And uh, man, this is just what I love doing. So I just don't let losses, you know, affect me and damage affect me. And I just I live and I pursue this this sport passionately. So man, it's it's easy to bounce back when you have so much love for it.
5: When you look at a guy like uh, Moicano, um, obviously you don't you know you don't want to give away a game plan. But do you do you look when you fight somebody at exactly how they've lost and thought ah that's something I could. uh, like that, that guy's been stopped a couple times by good strikers. Like, you know, do you start to look at a, a guy like that and go, maybe that's my path?
4: Um, you know, I look at tendencies, but uh, you know, fingers crossed that he's uh, he's improving and uh, you know getting better after a loss, the way I have. So, uh, I man, I look at it, but I don't I don't study too much of uh, you know past fights or, or history because one, he hasn't fought in over a year and a half, right. and two, I mean, he's gonna have a game wow. plan for me. So uh, I I, I just take that first 30 seconds in the fight, and I want to figure it out then.
3: I think he got more popular since I've been seeing some of his YouTube clips, and he calls himself Money Moicano, right? You ever see those things? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's funny because of his accent. He gives his two cents on popular topics. I don't know where it came from, but his podcast doesn't seem bad. Are you oh, ever gonna think about doing anything like that, a podcast oh, or anything? Yeah, absolutely,
4: man. Like I love talking about the sport, and I see all these other fighters, you know, doing a big YouTube thing, and and uh yeah, I'd be all for it. So now I just got to educate myself with the the uh, like behind the scenes stuff, uh, just how to get things rolling and and topics and whatnot. But uh yeah, I would absolutely love to.
5: You're the most knock- Wait, you're the most knockouts as a lightweight. Am I correct? Yes. Well, congratulations! I, I thought you passed Poirier, right? Um, does that mean anything to you? Do you? I mean, you have to feel good about that.
4: I mean, it's and it's it's exciting. It's uh, one, it showcased you know my excitement, and two, at one time I was just a sixteen year old uh, you know boy trying to make it to the UFC, and now we're setting records. It's uh, extremely
3: exciting and humbling at the same time. But what is the record? What is the number?
4: I think it's nine, I got- nine knockouts. Wow. You
3: have nine knockouts in the UFC, dude. <laughs> over, dude. Over, how do you listen? Why even ever go for a double leg? You know that you put people to sleep nine times, you <laughs> put people's lights out. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I think
4: all insane. fighters. All fighters are mentally unstable and mine is i have so much enjoyment giving other humans concussions and uh <laughs> it's, it's not even a game plan i just i just enjoy punching people's chins and then obviously getting punched back but uh yeah so it's it's a blessing getting that that record do Most you fun. ever worry
5: about like guys get very addicted to the knockout like I, I, i'm imagining it feels so good to put somebody to sleep. Uh, are you ever like, do you ever question yourself? Like, I don't want to be too heavily reliant on waiting for that one punch. Cause you see some guys fall into that once they get knockouts. Cause and I think DC said it, it's just, it feels so good that you become, it's just, you want that again.
4: Yeah. I mean, that's what happened with my fight uh, with Fervola. Like I went into that fight, you know, thinking I'm just going to put my hands on this dude and, and magic's going to happen. And uh, I mean, we forget well, what brought us to that record? We, we, forgot the setups. We forgot the, uh, the, the movement, all that stuff. We stopped setting it up. And so I just, I went in, you know, uh, with a poor game plan against Favola, he, you know, changed my mind. And so now we're back to what originally started this, uh, this record.
3: The thing about you yeah. and Matt Favola, who I was literally an hour ago was at he was my Uki at Sarah BJJ. I was using him to teach things. It's funny. He had the gi on too, it's fun. but, uh, When you guys hurt people, you put so much into it. But when you hurt someone, you're literally there to be hurt. Like, look at your last five fights or six fights. All finishes, including one being you finished. Like, you know what I mean? So you are putting yourself in harm's way to do harm. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, but guys like yourself have that granite chin and have that power that you know, not to mention the technique behind it. To kind of tip the scale in your favor in those exchanges.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, in
3: fact, what am I doing? I mean, very, very few fighters are, are
4: blessed with that godsend, uh you know, punching power. Favola is one of those guys, and I am uh, as well, but uh you can't rely on it uh wholeheartedly. Yes.
5: Who is the first guy? Because you talked about being a kid watching it and wanting to fight, and then all of a sudden, here you are what was there a first person you met like uh whether it was at weigh-ins or in or an event or that you fought that you went oh fuck, i really am in the ufc like was there a first person that uh even if you didn't fight him that you bumped into or you spoke to that just made you realize like how far you've
4: come it was actually my very first fight in the ufc i mean i was the, i was like the first fight on that card the, like the, the arena was practically empty. And, and I'm slugging away against uh, this guy, and his mouthpiece falls out, so there's a break in action. And I look out into the crowd, and I saw Forrest Griffin in that front row watching my fight, and I went, oh, Forrest is watching me fight. And like that was the moment I was like, damn, I'm in the UFC right now.
5: Yeah, that's got to feel good to knock somebody's mouth guard out, too. That's got to be also a really nice feeling.
4: I mean, we do it often, I guess. <laughs> Not- yeah.
5: And when you first like when I first started doing stand up, I would be terrified of big crowds. So I liked small crowds. When you first start fighting, do you want the arena half empty or would you rather have had 15,000 there?
4: I love the crowds. I love you the crowds. Do. One, I love the energy. I love the excitement. And if I'm going to, you know, bleed and nearly die for this sport, I want people to watch it.
5: Um, so what have you been up to besides fighting is there anything you've been doing because you're always like you're always on the schedule you always have a fight coming up uh do you ever get to take time just to do something other than fighting just travel
4: and just do anything completely mindless oh yeah i travel as much as i possibly can uh i'm dipping my toe in uh, in real estate Uh, i try to help others the best i can so being a good uh, training partner coaching doing seminars like i i love martial arts and I, i love being a part of it but uh recently i just became a father so truthfully right. i'm just a stay-at-home dad that fights on occasion
5: and ah. you say you traveled where Where do you go and uh is, is this before before your child was out of you have a boy or a girl
4: a girl little girl. A girl
5: This before she was born or are you traveling a lot with her
4: well so before she was uh, born uh, it was overseas so europe and I, I love i mean Italy, Rome, Italy is such an amazing place. I love history. I love food. I love wine. So Europe is like my place I love to go. Uh, And I I ventured into, or I want to venture into like Thailand, Korea, and and see all these places. Now with the birth of my daughter, now we just go to like Miami, we go to California. But uh, yeah, she's already got some points on her her flight mileage. And uh, yeah, we're bringing our daughter wherever we
3: go. You know, when I'm looking at, Hinato Moicano's record, and I'm seeing three of his stoppages were by KO. Yep. That's got to make you a little happy, though. <laughs> right? You got to go, I got to find, there's some glass in there I can find. You know this, it's not like, yo, man, I'm going to, this guy's never been knocked out before. I think I can do it. Right. You know he's been stopped. I mean, listen, nobody's punch proof, but you know what I'm saying. That's got to right. be. Right. I mean, that's why,
4: like, the matchup is very intriguing. He's on paper, and he's putting, like, renegade chokes on people, and that's happened to me. He's been knocked out a couple times. But I think the key is, is, man, look at these cats that are knocking him out. We got Jose Aldo, Vaziv, uh, Korean Zombie, like, monsters. So, yes. like, I can't discredit who is is beating Moicano. So, like, I got to rise the occasion, and now I got to prove that I can put my hands on him as well.
5: Well, I think that's you punch true. as well as any of those guys. I, I think you punch with as much power as any of those guys. Um, but yeah, that's what I was saying before. It's got to make you think like, all right, there is, this is kind of the way to stop this guy because it has been done by other really good punchers. And I, and I think you punch as well as any of those guys.
3: Right. Now we're about to find out. That's the exciting part. Not to mention those guys are all studs, but yeah, they don't hold the record for the most knockouts. That's this right. This Guy does okay well, no, you
4: that's, why, that's why man I love the sport and like uh and that's why I have like longevity in this sport is I always view myself as I'm just one of those guys that are just entering the UFC like I'm still shocking odd I'm still like you know starbound I still look at like Korean zombie and Jose Aldo and like oh my God like these guys are incredible so to have my name in the mix of them is you know I, it's hard to explain it's surreal
5: and you don't take you don't take it for granted. You're still enjoying it, and you're still like appreciating what you're doing and the people you're associated with, and you still enjoy meeting people. I like that. I don't think you should lose that when you when you meet people in your profession that you really like and that you like are impressed by. There's nothing wrong with letting them know
4: it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I'm even impressed by like the regional guys that are just now getting in the UFC. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm a fan of the sport, you know, so whether I'm in it or not, like I'm the one that are tuning into fight nights and just watching these up and comers.
5: Would you ever go to North Korea? You said Korea. I, I mean, it's hard for Americans now, but guys do go over through China and it's supposed to be a pretty interesting trip. Is that something you would ever do or, or you don't like the high risk travel?
4: I mean, I'm intrigued by that, but truthfully, uh, I, I just recently uh, found out that I have a large fa- fan base in Seoul, Korea, and uh, yeah, I guess they call me the GOAT. I had to, like, figure out what that means to them, but uh, just, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, if I could just go there and like, do seminars and, like, and just meet people, like... Uh, the reason I get to fight in a cage and get paid for it is because of these people. And right. so I just love taking time out of whatever I'm doing just to be a part of the people that seem to enjoy my work.
3: Drew Doba, you are 35 and you look like you're 25. When it is all said and done and you're done fighting in the cage many, many moons from now, uh, what, do you, what do you think you're going to be doing? Uh, you think you will be running a school, you know, modeling? What do you think you'll be doing? <laughs> Fingers crossed, uh, you know,
4: modeling is an option. But uh no, seriously, like I'm very passionate about the sport. So coaching is a big thing that I would love to do, owning a gym. I mean, I, as you know, it's you can't you can't do both at the same time successfully. So when this is all over, I would absolutely love to coach, manage, own a gym. But uh another thing too is commentary. Uh I would love to be ah. part of casting and uh and just being a part of like just 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 elevating the sport, right? And just, just showing like the next generation, you know, what the the do's and don'ts and uh so coaching, broadcasting. Again, I'm dabbling in real estate. So that's a little scary but exciting at the same time. Uh but yeah, becoming a father and being 35 years old, you can't help but think about uh what happens after.
3: You got options, right. bro. That's great. It's good yeah. to have options.
4: Drew,
5: it's always a pleasure. Good luck against Moicano. It's a great fight. I'm happy he's fighting again, too. You're right. He has been laid off for a while. And, uh, you know, I never don't enjoy your fights. So uh, I'm happy you're fighting up is uh, this Saturday, right? Uh, am I crazy to say this Saturday? Is that it? Yeah,
4: Saturday, I believe, right?
5: Yeah, I think so, too. But, I mean, as a professional, I should fucking know that. And I just I'm Co-main, stupid. main it involved against uh, uh, Delize is the main event. Yeah, that's a great main event, too. Drew, you're on a great card. You're a great fighter, and our pal Randy Brown is fighting too. That's the uh, the featured bout against Muslim Salakov. Another great fight. I hope Randy does uh, has a good fight. Anyway, Drew, always a pleasure. Uh, we love watching you, and we'll talk to you again.
4: Thank you so much, guys, and uh, don't hesitate to ask again.
5: Anytime, buddy. Have a great fight. We'll love this, best you. Drew. Yeah, Matt, this is such a good card, I and mean, it's really interesting. Molly McCann is on the prelims. We have her coming in on Wednesday, I think. Uh, so Molly is on the prelims. They must want to uh, put like a real banger on right before. Oh,
3: Molly's coming back on the show.
5: I think Wednesday she is. Yeah, that
3: makes me happy. I like. Yeah, Molly. she's great. Every time I talk to Drew, he's talking about <laughs> raising the integrity of the sport and this and that. Yeah, I think about me uh, stoned and high and <laughs> on the corner of Manhattan waiting for an Uber and him and his. His wife <laughs> and and I'm looking over all nervously and I'm waving at him and I'm just I ah, it was one of the most I just I I'm really horrible but anyway nah, okay. Jimmy it was one of those moments Jimmy um what's our producer yapping <laughs> I'm sorry
5: I don't <laughs> know I didn't see let me Wednesday, see
3: we got Johnny Damon former Red Sox Yankee former, yeah he's
5: a former baseball player yeah he was a really really well known now player. does
3: he know about MMA I hope so. I hope so, too, man, because I'm not much on the fucking baseball or the fucking, yeah. you know, punting. I'm not a real baseball guy.
5: No, I understand. Jimmy, yes,
3: um, what else was we gonna talk about?
5: I don't know. I'm just my face was mushed into the mat before. I can't wait to shower.
3: Oh, you didn't shower yet, you nasty little bird. No, I
5: came right home and ate and did this. I'm going to hop right in as soon as we're done.
3: Yeah, I think we're done. I'm going to see you in a couple of days. You know, yep. this weekend is so funny. Um, I'll probably be in time, home in time to watch the fights too. So I got my wife fighting and Miss Kid Tommy ah. fighting. So that's good. My wife. What's his name? Tommy Janeiro.
5: It's so funny. I, uh, in Raging Bull, one of the fighters Jake fought was Tommy Gennaro. I That's what I thought you said. Tommy, Gennaro, not DeGenero. but Tommy Janero was a fighter that Jake Lamotta fought in like the 40s.
3: Good kid. We call him, they call, he calls himself Beethoven because oh. <laughs> he, he's mostly deaf. So it's kind of funny. Ah, as so I, I don't know why Beethoven. It's, you know, it's funny.
5: Yeah.
3: Uh, he's a good kid. He works at my school. He teaches some classes and very good wrestler. And he's, his jujitsu is getting good. And he's put a lot of time into the striking him. And also my wife. Who mm-hmm. listen? I told my wife, I go, look, and she's only, she's going to be one of those. She's just getting a fight in, you know, and yep. she's at 40 years old. I go, Look on Facebook. Look at all your friends from high school. There's no dudes that were fighting, that were trained, that were that from high school that were jocks. How many of them are having a cage fight at fucking forty? Yeah. I go. You never did any kind of school sport, and you're doing this to test yourself. Like, who does that? I go. It's amazing. Yeah. Be really proud of just doing that, you know. Because you know she went through a camp, so her body's (laughs) feeling amazing. You know, it's it's one of those things. So it's really just, it elevates you as yep. a person just going through a camp like that. You, as a person that trains now, should understand that more than anybody.
2: Yep. All
3: right, and, buddy. Jimmy, no, Jimmy, don't, god damn it. Could you at least pretend like you're interested in what I'm talking to you?
5: No, 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 I am interested, but I'm okay. just thinking of soap and how I didn't shower right after, and I'm like, fuck, I got to shower now. I, god, I feel like I should.
3: I know, but I just laid such emotions out about fighting and this and that, and then I get, this is what I get. Ready? Yep. Man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, oh, like, I was, fuck, thank I you, was listening. Face. It's like, I'm, yeah, Milton, what's happening? Hey, I'm more listen.
5: worried about, uh, I worry about... getting A guy at the gym had staph infections. I'm a little panicky.
3: Listen, right now you got something probably growing on your fucking head. Okay, go shower. I'm going to... You, know, you want uh, plug? Yeah, anything. Wednesday
5: night, if you want to see me, I'm at the Fat Black Pussycat. My wife and I have a new video going up tomorrow on our YouTube page for those that enjoy it. For those that don't, then don't look at it. And I'm on tour if you want to see me. I have, I'm going everywhere. So check my website. Thanks, buddy.
3: I got this and I'll be here in two days. I'll see me
5: you later.
3: Yeah, you too. I'll, I'll see you then, Jimmy.
5: Chatty Matty.
0: <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed?